And I and I knew. I mean, I'm not I'm not a complete idiot. I knew what I was doing was wrong. And so I I said, I'm sorry. We excuse me for a second. And I didn't wait for a response. I just got up and I left. This crazy idea came in my head that that's what I should do. So I got up and I left. I closed his door. I, I took a deep breath. I waited a couple seconds, which felt like a eternity. And I knocked on his door and he goes, yes. And he was real confused. Like, what is going on? So I'm just adding to the awkwardness of this thing, right? And I come in and he goes, I'm sorry. Can we start over? My name's Justin DeBoss. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Did you know that, according to research, only about one-third of the prospects fundraisers like you get thrown on their caseloads are truly qualified, and even fewer are actually ready for your outreach? Think about that. If you're like most, two-thirds of the leads you've been getting are not really qualified to be on your list. Sure, they might have given in the past, and their wealth screen ratings might be high, but if they won't accept your outreach, what good is all that research anyway, right? It's a serious problem, but there is a solution. And you can find it in Greg Warner's book titled Engagement Fundraising, which you can get right now at no cost whatsoever at imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. That's right. You can learn how hundreds of organizations and thousands of fundraisers are succeeding in today's era of fundraising climate change by grabbing your free digital copy or audiobook version of Greg's very popular book today. Get it now. 100% free. Engagement fundraising at imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. That's imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to One Visit Away. This week, we have a phenomenal episode for you with the one and only Justin DeMoss. Justin is someone I've wanted to have on the show for a while, someone I've wanted to get to know for a while, and uh, really glad we got to do this podcast episode because he and I got to chat for about 20 minutes before we recorded, and he just has uh, so many incredible stories of visits that you're going to learn a lot from. His humility and just willing to go out there and schedule visits and have difficult conversations has led to him closing some significant gifts and uh, brought about lots of joy in his career. Justin is the chief philanthropy officer at Huff Ear Institute, and uh, before and he's been working in major gifts for close to fifteen years now. And prior to that, he was uh, a branch manager at a Fortune five hundred company and a missionary with Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Justin has an incredible episode for us this week, and I hope you enjoy this great conversation with Justin DeMoss. If you can go ahead and leave a rating and review an Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it. It'll probably take you two or three minutes of your time, but it has a tremendous impact on getting this show to more people uh, who are just looking in Apple Podcasts for a podcast about fundraising. So please go ahead and leave a rating and review. It makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, I want to give a shout out to our 
two most recent reviews on Apple Podcasts, one from Brian Kane, as well as J. Mac Deagles, I believe, was the, uh, the username of the other one. But thank you guys so much for that. Uh, as always, go check out my website, onevisitaway.com. For more information, you can download the free guide I have there with uh, three tips I've used that will help you start scheduling more visits and closing more gifts. So as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, thanks for being here, Justin. Great to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here as well. Thank you. So Justin and I just had the longest pre-podcast conversation in the history of One Visit Away because I've known about Justin for several years now, and uh, we know a lot of the same people, uh, but just never, outside of very briefly meeting at an event, we've never gotten to speak. So I'm really looking forward to the stories Justin has to share. And uh, if you could just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure thing. Well, my name's Justin DeMoss. I uh, come from Kansas City, Kansas. Go Chiefs. Uh, yeah, it was, a t- it was a tough Sunday a few Sundays ago, uh, but, uh, but Mass got me through it um, and, and everything. Uh, I got into fundraising as a missionary uh, about 15 years ago, give or take. And then after, after being a missionary and, and raising money for my own support, uh, I decided I wanted to get into raising money for an organization and, and see if I had what it takes to be successful. Uh, and so I left that organization and I went to another another organization where I was paid uh, a salary <laughs> to go out and raise money, right? Uh, and five hundred thousand dollars. That's right. That's right. And and, and it took off. And, and, it, and I, I knew those first two years, this was the best decision. This is where, where God wanted me, if you will. Um, and it, it's been fantastic ever since. And I've continued to, to grow and, and, and move from organization to organization, probably a little bit more often than, than, than a lot of people would be comfortable with. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the challenge and I, I like the ability to, to do that. And uh, I'm at a point now, a stage of my career where I'm looking for more of that stability uh, to look, you know, hey, if I can raise a ton of money in one or two years somewhere, what would happen if I stayed there for 10 years, 15 years? How much impact can I make in, in, on the mission with that? And so that's, what, that, that's where I am right now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so let me, I, I'm going to throw you a curveball here for a moment. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've never, I don't have a CFRE. I've never been to a, uh, well, are they CFRE events or whatever? Like, I, I'm just like completely unfamiliar with the, with the certification and all that. So, could, but you seem to be a, a big advocate. Can you give everybody a little commercial on why it's, why you think it's valuable and, uh, what you've gotten out of it? Sure. You bet. You know, I wish I would have gotten my CFRE earlier in my career. Um, that's, that's one of my regrets. The, the, the CFRE, uh, is the only certification for fundraisers, uh, ob- objective certification, right? Um, and so what the CFRE, CFRE means is that one, you, you, you know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, you have to have a, a certain knowledge base, uh, that includes a, a, a four hour test, that you have to take and pass um, at the end um, with, to, to get the certification. It also, you have to have raised so much money, 
and and they audit that. The same with your education. They audit that to make sure that you, when you said you went to this class, you actually went to that class. You say you raised this much money, you raised that much money. Um, yeah. And you did this much volunteer work and, and so forth. And so what it really comes down to is, is having a good base of knowledge of that uh, foundation of fundraising um, and agreeing to adhere to a code of ethics mm-hmm. um, and just knowing that you, you've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, you know, and you're ready for the next, you know, the next prize. Um, and so I, I really encourage, especially young professionals to get their CFRE. Uh, start, we're starting to see more and more when organizations, they're not just the top fundraising position, but some of the other positions they're saying CFRE preferred or even required. Yeah. Um, yeah. And where I found it extremely helpful, and this is, this is probably the number one reason why I wish I would have gotten it sooner mm-hmm. is some of the the top donors that I've met with, they know what the CFRE is. And so when they see that on my card or my email, it gives them some credibility and trust automatically. And yeah. so it helps foster that relationship uh, kind of right out the bat. And they know that I'm, I'm going to be doing ethical fundraising. Um, I'm not going to do any of the, the, the car salesman kind of approach that a lot of people uh, think of when they think of fundraising, unfortunately. Uh, and they know that I'm going to, you know, say I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so so you you would not recommend the approach of a. Uh, I hope you can sleep at night knowing that everybody's going to die because you didn't give this gift. That's uh... <laughs> no, I don't recommend that one bit. <laughs> is, is... <laughs> I mean, if you but... want a short career in fundraising, then by all means, go for it. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather that person do that in the first few weeks of their fundraising <laughs> career rather than you know ten years down the road. Oh man. Okay, so that was a, a bit of an absurd example, but what's what's like a what's a more realistic example of a sort of like ethical thing that maybe someone might not maybe someone might not immediately think I shouldn't be doing this type of thing, but the CFRE would, you know, uh define as a no-no. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the uh, spoiler alert there's 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 very few black and white most of it is entirely gray um yeah so a good example of this would would be um as as a major gift officer uh, and a fundraiser uh making uh, meeting with people of of really amazing capacity amazing capacity to love amazing capacity to give and amazing capacity to work those people generally are also incredibly generous, but somewhat guarded, right? And for good reason. And and so when I meet with them and, and what have you, and they find out I have this big family, you know, eight kids and everything else, they're like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Do you ever go on vacation? I'm like, yeah, we go on vacation. Where do you go? Well, I like to go to Colorado and, and what have you. And like, oh, I got a place in Colorado. How about you guys stay there next time? Hmm. Most fundraisers were was like, well, gee, thanks. I appreciate it. Or, or they would be like the exact opposite. Oh no, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and so that's one of those ethical dilemmas that is, Mm. that is somewhat difficult to answer because, um, there's a lot of other factors that that go into that. Um, but we have to be careful that we're not using our donors for our own personal. I mean, nothing that we do is for our own personal gain. Yeah. And so, um, if, if it's, something like 
they're just giving it to me for 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 vacation, what have you. That might that for me that I would probably say no, thank you, but I appreciate it. Um, but if they're like, hey, I want you to join me out there hmm. with your family. Now there, if it's going to cultivate that relationship and further our uh, my uh, further the relationship between them and the mission that I represent. Absolutely. That would be, that would be completely above board. And yeah. so there's, there's always some, 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 uh, uh, some dilemma in there. And that's, yeah. and that's good. We should wrestle with these questions. We should be talking about these questions as fundraisers and, and asking, is this something I should do? Um, yeah. you know, like getting a gift from a donor. I mean, what about that? What, a what if a donor says to you, um, Hey, I want to, I want to pay for your, pay for your down payment for your house. Yeah. I've been asked that. Wow. <laughs> you know, I want to pay for your kids braces. Yeah. I've been told that too. Um, mm. And on the, on the extreme, I mean, this is a podcast, so people can't see me, um, <laughs> but on the extreme, there's, there's the benefactor who tries to, to romance me. Mm. And I mean, look at me, you know, <laughs> really? <laughs> wait, hold on. Now, are, wait, when you say romance, you are you speaking uh, like in analogy, or do you do you really mean like someone was trying to uh, seduce you in some way? The latter, which is which blew, blows my mind because one, it's me. All right, and it like over here. I'm like, uh, you know. <laughs> how in the world does this even happen? Um, but the thing is, I've had direct reports, females that it, I think it's more common with. Um, but but it, but again, it come, kind of comes back down to. I mean, I joke about my looks and everything. It's not about looks. It's about they mm. feel that relationship. They feel the caring, mm. and that's what they they hook onto. And then it's mm. be, between you and them, and not them and the mission. And again, that's another one of those ethical boundaries we have to make sure because we talk about fundraising is all about relationships, right? And that's true, but it's not a relationship between me and the donor only. It's primarily a relationship between the donor and the organization first. Second, it's me and the donor. Yeah. And so, you know, I've, I've had direct reports who have talked about the kind of harassment and this, you know, hey, you know, this illusion that, yeah, I'll give you this million dollar gift if you'll sleep with me. Oh and my gosh. that's you, you you would think that in this day and age, 24, 21st century, that would not exist. But the reality is, I mean, we all have our we all have our blind spots, we all have our brokenness, whatever you want to call it. Um, and when we're talking about kind of the intimacy of money, that's like the one of the most intimate things to talk about. And, and people misconstrue that caring for someone to be a romantic interest. Gosh. Ugh, stuff like this just <laughs> blows my mind. Uh, <laughs> man, we're, uh, I can't even, I can't even say what I want to say and keep it in the, uh, <laughs> non-explicit <laughs> tagged, uh, form, but I, uh, I, I just can't believe stuff like that happens. So it sounds like at least to to you know put a, a lid on this, it sounds like the CFRE, at least in some ways, in some of these instances, at least you have a a framework and a community to 
discuss some of these things and best ways to move forward and that kind of stuff, um, which would could certainly be extremely helpful in situations like this. Absolutely. And conversely, again, bringing it back to the donor, um, the donor is assured that you're being held to a higher standard um, and that you have accomplished what you, what you say you have accomplished. Um, because if, 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 if I violate the code of ethics, um, you know, it could be a one-time thing, but if it's a constant violation, um, yeah. I, I, I can get kicked out. I lose my certification. And yeah. so, um, you know, that, that's, that's a tall tale sign. You see someone on CFRE, CFRE, and then they're no longer CFRE. Yeah, yeah. The question is, did they get kicked out or did they just not pay their dues and let it lapse? Because that, that happens, that happens too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But it, it's again, a, a, a good external source for donors to kind of validate your, you as a person uh, and as a fundraiser. Um, but like you said, really fine tuning and, and having that community of support and being able to go and say, Hey, listen, I don't know what to do in this situation. Is this yeah. ethical or not? You know, yeah. I got my master's in philanthropy and development and my cohort, we're all pretty close still. And, you know, just not even six months or a year ago, one of the cohort members called me with an ethical question and yeah. she's a CFRE too, you know, and this is, that's exactly what it does. It helps bring, bring us together. And we have a common language of understanding uh, of, of how to do fundraising ethically. Yeah, that's good. So uh, let's jump right into uh, you. I'm sure you've got some stories of visits you'd like to share, Justin. So maybe if you want, do you want to just start with, with one of your favorite ones? Sure. Sure. Uh, so we, uh, I was working for an organization and I got this, I got this call from a donor saying, where's my tax receipt? I really need it. And it's like April 10th. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, the, the dollar amount of the gift, if I, if I recall correctly, was, was like a hundred thousand dollars and a substantial gift. Right. Um, so guy definitely wants his tax deduction. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for sure. Right. And I looked in my, looked in our database there's no gift. There's no check. There's nothing. So I call him and say, Hey, did you do a check? Was that, I mean, I doubt it was a credit card transaction, but was it credit card money order uh, stock? How did it come? Yeah. And he said, and he went back and found it. So it's check, check number X, Y, Z. And so I went back to my boss. I was like, man, we got a problem. <laughs> this is a donation from last year, which we've already closed the books because it was a calendar year nonprofit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, we don't know where this gift is. And so um, we talked to the gift processing department um, and they said, yeah, you know what? I kind of remember that. Cause that was a, that was kind of a big deal that came in and it came in when we don't normally get a bunch of gifts, right. Kind of a slower yeah. season. And then, so they remembered it and they remembered transferring it over. And the way that the process worked for this nonprofit is any check over, I don't know, $25,000 something like that, they would give to the legal counsel for the organization to look at first, to make sure everything's kosher, what have you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, not to throw this guy under the bus, but he was an absolute mess. I mean, you go into his <laughs> office and you, you can't see his desk. He's got papers yeah. everywhere. It's on the floor. He's got stacks from the floor higher than his the level of his desk. <laughs> and so this is the guy who's getting all these checks. Well, they asked him and he said, no, I don't remember it. I don't, I didn't get it. 
And I happened? would be able to see it right here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you know, a week, maybe five days, a week later, he, he, you know, I mean, God bless this guy for, for, for owning it. He called my boss and said, I found the check. It was on my desk in between piles of paper. And so the donor is kind of furious with us because we didn't acknowledge the gift, which by IRS regulations, $250 or more, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't because it never got processed. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then to find out that it got, you know, we didn't tell him exactly what happened to it. It said it got lost in, in translation, if you will. And, and he was like, how do you lose a hundred thousand dollar check? Yeah. And I was like, I mean, how do you answer that? You just, uh, I mean, you just yeah. You just grunt and say, I'm sorry. Um, we had a, we, our process failed. We're looking at the process right now. We're fixing it. So it doesn't happen again. And, and that's exactly what we did. And then in the donor at the, at the end of the, the story, the donor was really pleased with it, um, but he only wanted to deal with me yeah, because he knew that I would get it taken care of. And so the next time he sent a check, he, he sent it in a, via FedEx <laughs> and, he, and he put attention just to DeMoss and he put a letter in there for me as well, in addition to the check and what have you. And, and when, I, when our team, because we changed that process, when the team got that gift, we had flagged his account. So when he, when they got it, they called me immediately saying, Hey, we got a check for a hundred thousand dollars in our hand right now. We're about to run it through the system and everything, but I wanted to let you know, this came in. That was our new process. So I know every major gift that comes in, ran it through. Everything's fine. The guy uh, met with me uh, three, four or five months later and just said, thank you so much for for taking care of that. Cause I called my boss called, the CEO yeah. called. I mean, he, his gift got completely acknowledged in addition to the IRS receipt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was one of those. Well, a lot of my most memorable visits are the ones that were bad. Something bad happened. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of like in, in sales. I used to do professional sales. Um, you get a customer that comes in with a bad experience and you completely do a 180 with them with that you've got a customer for life and the same thing happens with major gifts i am not the best major gift officer at all not even close i i fail a lot even even now i still fail but it's really only a failure if you don't learn from it and try to improve and i think that's the big change that i've had is when i mess up i just suck it up and you know, humbly go to them and say, listen, I messed up on this. I apologize. Um, and some of those mistakes have been pretty, <laughs> pretty substantial. Yeah. <laughs> They've had implications for their, for their taxes. Yeah. Um, what, so w- what happened with that guy's hundred thousand? Like, was he able to somehow get his like credit for that in that tax year? Or how did that work? Now we're going to have a quick break for a word from one of our sponsors. So when it comes to investing in my own business, I'm a bit of a cheapskate. 
but I've made one significant financial investment in my consulting business over the last two years. You've heard me mention it every episode since January 1st, my website, every speck of my one visit away branding, my website, and everything you see visually from me was created by Jacob Laskowski with 86 Creative. Jacob made it so easy to hire him because he made it very clear to me from early on that he was there to serve me, to help me, and he helped me a number of times with branding and strategy even before I paid him anything. So by the time I was ready to establish my brand and elevate the work I was doing, I knew Jacob was the person to hire. Jacob and his team at 86 do incredible work creating brands for nonprofits. And if you want to elevate your mission, I cannot recommend them enough. Your brand is the first thing prospective benefactors are going to interact with when they encounter your organization. So don't make it look like some high school kid from back in the 90s designed your website for you. When you present a professional, clear brand and message, you set yourself up to look like the type of organization someone would invest a million dollars into. Check out his website at elevateyourmission.com and see the work that has led people like me to trust him with building a strong brand. And now back to the episode. So, so what we did, we, what we did is we talked to him. I said, "Hey, listen, um, we're fine with opening up the books and and putting this gift in there for last year. We will do that. Um, we don't know how the IRS would take that gift because yes, you wrote it, but it didn't get cashed for like six, seven months." Um, and so we asked us like, would you be, since you're, I know you're doing your taxes and you want your receipt. Um, would it be possible to just process this gift this year for this year's taxes? Is that going to jam you up? Cause if it is, we will do everything we can on our part to unjam it, but we can't make any promises for the IRS because, because of our mistake. Um, I apologize for that. And that was, that was a lot of, that was a lot of crow I was eating. And, and he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll put it. I'm, I'm making more money this year already. Let's just put it towards this year. So I was like, oh, thank the Lord. You know, and then he gave, he gave us, it gives us another gift in that same year. Right. So at the end he had a, it was $250,000 total that he'd given. So a hundred thousand and 150,000. Um, so it worked out well. Um, but we were prepared. I'd already talked to our CFO and everything else about opening our books back up and putting that gift in, doing new financials, letting our auditors. That was that was the big. So internally, the biggest thing was telling our auditors about our mistake. And our auditors were like, they were like, "Are you are you kidding me? I've heard some pretty crazy stuff. This is <laughs> this is this is kind of ridiculous." Uh, and, and and first, I, I think they thought we were pulling a joke on them. Yeah. <laughs> nope, no joke. We screwed up. Oh man. Wow. Yeah, well yeah, any any other uh you know bad visits come to mind? Uh <laughs> I, I'd be here for days. Um uh, another one was was this. I remember I called this um so I had a had a list uh, of people to to call. We were, we're just starting major gifts for this organization, but we had, a, but it was a multi-million dollar organization, really strong yeah. direct mail. You know, my, my prospect list was 5,000 deep. Yeah. You know, th- those are qualified prospects that can probably give another gift at, yeah. at, at $5,000 or more. Yeah. Or, or no, $10,000 or more. 
There's 5,000 people. And so, you know, I'm the only major gift officer. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just flying through these things. And this, and I, I call this guy and he said something to the fact that finally someone from, from your organization calls me about my gift. And I was, and I was like, uh Oh, because <laughs> I mean, yeah. a ton of voice and everything. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and then, and then he, he proceeded to dress me down for about 20 minutes. And I mean, he, he called our, our organization, Mickey mouse. Oh, unprofessional God. and and he didn't say the organization he said i am he said you are mickey mouse you are unprofessional <laughs> it was all me and i'm i'm like brand new i've been at the organization for like three months <laughs> and yeah. uh, so what it was was he gave again he gave a substantial gift 1.3 million dollars it was never acknowledged what what the heck? <laughs> I know it. Okay, so so uh, b- before you go on, uh, earlier when you were telling the story, I was like, man, some donors just need to chill out. And I was like, but now, now I'm on this guy's side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so I, 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 you know, I and I took it and and I said, well, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. I I'm brand new here. I have no idea what's going on or anything, but I can promise you this. I'm going to find out. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, I'm going to be out in, in your, in your area in in a few weeks. Would you be open to visiting with me? And he basically said, well, I'm not going to give you another gift. Um, If you want to, you want to, if you want to come and have me yell at you some more, sure. Let's visit. (laughs) And I think he was saying it kind of in jest, in jest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, okay, great. How about the the 16th, you know, um, and we can, you want to meet at a local coffee shop or a retail coffee shop or your house. So he said, come to my house um, and, and, and I'll meet with you for 30 minutes. It's like, okay. And this was the, this was the, the primary reason for that trip was just to meet with him. If I could get some other donors on the visit, you know, I'm there. Great. But it was primarily, all about him. And so I flew out to, to his area, spent all the money for travel and everything else to get yelled at for another 30 minutes. Best decision I could have made because I got there and immediately, I mean, he was still kind of upset, but I think, you know, when you see someone face to face, it's a little bit more real. Uh, his tone was a little bit better, but he did. He dressed. He dressed the organization down this time. It wasn't me. He dressed the organization down. Uh, for it was supposed to be a thirty-minute visit. Uh, we were there for four hours, had lunch and everything else. Um, but the first probably thirty minutes or so was him dressing me down again. And I, I told him, I was like, "Hey, I appreciate the time. I, we're, we're coming up on our, our thirty minutes here, and I want to honor you and your time. Uh, so I appreciate all you shared with me. And I told him what I was going to do. I was going to go talk to to my boss, and I was going to, you know, make sure that you know I knew he would talk to the CEO and let him know, hey, here's a here's a problem. We need to get this fixed and addressed. And so, you know, I was getting, I was stood up, I was getting ready to leave. He said, "Well, I'll tell you what." what Sit, sit on down. I got, I got a few more minutes. And so that's when it turned into another three and a half hours and lunch and everything else. Um, and at the end, he, he, he basically said, uh, Justin, I, he, he has 
so that $1.3 million, he gives away about 20 to $30 million every year. And, and that's from his, that's from his own foundation. That's, that's 5% of his total giving capacity that he has in his foundation. And, he, and it's gotten to the point where he said it's grown so much that, you know, he's having to, to give even more just to keep it from getting out of control. So great plan giving prospect, right? <laughs> um, and and everything, and th- and that's why the one point three. I mean, he di- he didn't even recognize that he didn't get acknowledged on it because it was one of the smaller gifts that he'd given. So it was no big deal for him. Um, but then when it became apparent, when his tax attorney said, "Hey, where's your send me your acknowledgments, the, the checks, and all that jazz," that's when it became an issue. And so when we're finishing that conversation, it, he said, I've, I've dealt with a lot of fundraisers and I don't think anyone has ever listened to me like you did. And, you know, I had a previous experience very similar where I had to listen. Um, and I learned that, that I already knew it, but I failed on that one, <laughs> failed to listen. And so I was, that was really fresh in my mind. So I listened to him. And he appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made a, he made a promise. He said, Hey, if you promise to go back to your boss and your boss talks to the, and to CEO and you guys get this worked out, like you promised you will. So it won't happen to me or any other donor. I'll give you another gift. Wow. Same amount. A few months later, another 1.3 million came in and I guarantee you he got called that day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that day. Um, Y'all descended from helicopters. And, uh... <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, and, wow. and, and so so there, that was that visit. The, the visit that really prompted me to really be thinking about uh, about listening, uh, which I kind of already always kind of knew, but I was still relatively new in fundraising. I was only a, a few years into it. Um, and what happened was a person who gave a $300,000 gift. And guess what? No it, it, it acknowledgement. Helped. What the heck? <laughs> what the right. heck? <laughs> you know, um, it, same organization or different organization? Uh, different organization. Um, Man, you are you are picking the the no acknowledgement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Th- these guys should compete for uh, <laughs> for least acknowledgements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and so, um, you know, short story, I talked to the person, um, we found out what happened. Um, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a data entry error. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that was that a person was very gracious about it. They, when we explained to him, sorry, it was a data entry error. I mean, we acknowledged the gift, but it just wasn't to you. (laughs) (laughs) Address that doesn't exist. And so when it came back, no one followed up and we didn't have a phone number to call either. So, so we, we, we tried. And so they really appreciated that and, and, and what have you. Um, but the, the main, the main thing that I, that I learned in that, that particular visit was, um, you know, sharing information, but after I share information, shut my mouth, you know, listen and, and, and don't listen to respond, but listen to actually hear what they're saying. Cause often what they tell you, what their words are is not what they're telling you. It's something behind that is really what they're trying to t- communicate to you. And that's, that's a real, that's a hard skill to, to learn if you don't 
kind of naturally have it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so that's why, so yeah, that, that's a really important point. And the, what you said about, you know, not listening to respond. Um, I think a lot of times, especially when we're new to fundraising, like we were so focused on what we're supposed to accomplish during the visit that we're just, we're waiting, you know, ev- we're looking for our opportunity to pounce at all times. And it's like, this is when I'm going to ask that question. And then I'm going to hit them with like this piece of information that's going to blow them away. And then they'll have to give us a gift when I ask for it. Yeah. Once um, I hear that statistic. When, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you my pamphlet. Uh, <laughs> hot off the press. We used uh, a thick card stock. Um, but, but yeah, we, we were so focused on like, you know, I like I've got to do everything right because I think uh, for me a huge part was like this is my shot, and if I miss it, like it's gone. You know, I I I I always thought it was like this is the one visit. Like if and you know if I don't do everything right and I don't get this done now, I'm like blown my chance forever, and and that's just so not true <laughs> at all. Right. And and the more we can do what you're saying is like like you listen to what people are saying and and they say they're they'll say something that if you're paying attention is going to make you ask another question about that thing. So like for example, uh well, no, I won't get into that cuz <laughs> I'll tell you about it offline. Uh, <laughs> okay. But the, like there's there's things you'll notice people say and and sometimes I think people will say things and they'll they're they're almost like testing you to like 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 I'm I'm not gonna share everything right away, but if they pick up on this and ask me more about it, that then I'll open up more about it. So so I think that's so so key what you're saying. Listening to actually understand and not listening to just get your chance to pounce. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so here here's another another visit. Uh, that I had. Yeah. You, you'll love this one. Uh, again, this was early, early on in my career as a professional fundraiser. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I got this, I got the meeting with the CEO who's never supported us before, but, yeah. but he, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an affinity for the, for the mission. And so he, he agrees to me. I, I ask him for an hour. He says, I run a pretty tight ship. I'll give you 30 minutes. So I'm like, all right. Right. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous um, and everything else, but I'm confident. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go in there. I, I, was, I was basically really naive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ignorance is bliss, uh, especially in the fundraising world, which is, which is good. Uh, we we oh, yeah. often paralyze ourselves with fear. Um, but so I, I went in and, uh, and sat down at, at his office. He came in um, coffee and everything else and 30 minutes and I just start just word vomiting on them. I mean, I'm just telling them all the great, what a great organization we are. Here's our stats. Here's our metrics. Here's all this great stuff about us. Here's what our, here's what our team is doing. And, and I, and as I'm talking, I'm reading his body language, but I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and both, like, I'm, I'm like paralyzed in my own fear. I don't know what the reason was, but I just, I wouldn't shut my mouth. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you've would, already you've sent the train down the track, and now <laughs> now you've just got to go. Like we can't stop. <laughs> yep, yep. We got rocket boosters on this bad boy. <laughs> There's no stopping me, man. And so finally, he raises his hand and says, "Justin, I don't think this is going to work." And I and I knew. I mean, I'm not I'm not a complete idiot. I knew what I was doing was wrong. And so I I said, "I'm sorry." We excuse me for a second, and I didn't wait for a response. I just got up and I left. And I, don't ask me why. It just this crazy idea came in my head that that's what I should do. So I got up and I left. I closed his door. I, I took a deep breath. I waited a couple seconds, which felt like a eternity, and I knocked on his door. And he goes, "Yes." And he was real confused, like, what is going on? So I'm just adding to the awkwardness of this thing, right? <laughs> and I come in, and he goes, I'm sorry, can we start over? My name's Justin DeBoss. And he, he shook my hand, and he said, sit down. And we had a conversation. And I remembered what I had learned long, long time ago in the corporate world. Ask questions. You don't have to be the expert on the mission or anything else like that. You just have to ask questions. And so I started asking questions, question, question. 20 minutes later, or 30 minutes is up. He's like, you know what? For 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 someone that failed spectacularly, you did a pretty great job on recovery. Uh, and I'm gonna talk to my salespeople about what you just did. That was that was really cool. And yeah. you know what? I know I know you're here to, to raise money. Um, and I, I didn't even make an ask. And he said, yeah. Here, here's a check. And he pulled out his checkbook, wrote a personal check, and I walked out with $25,000. Wow. With, I mean, no ask, which, I mean, that's not, that's, don't, I don't encourage that. Always ask. Yeah, it's not yeah. advice. It's just, a- <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just the, the, the idea of asking questions uh, and, and, and asking for the purpose of gaining information um, is, is critical. Uh, one of my, one of my mentors, when I when before I got into fundraising, I was considering fundraising, and we had lunch uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, and sat down. and He said, "Justin, this is at the very beginning of the lunch." He goes, "Justin, there's five reasons why people give, and it's important to know these five reasons." I'm like, "Okay," and he says, "People give because they believe in the mission. People be, uh, give because they believe in the leadership or the methodology how you're accomplishing your mission. They believe in you. It's the right time. It's the right amount." You find out the answer to those five questions and you make an ask, you're going to, you're going to get a yes 90 plus percent of the time. Yeah. And then we had our launch and he was telling me about fundraising and how to get into it and all this other stuff. And, um, and when we got up to leave, you know, put down napkin and we're standing, we're actually standing up at the table. He goes, Justin, what are the five reasons? And I'm like, I'm horrible with names. I'm horrible. My memory is not, it never has been something, but by the, by some grace of God, I was able to remember the five things hmm. and I told him and he said, great. If you ever want a job in fundraising, just let me know. Hmm. And so, so, you know, I went to grad school and then decided that wasn't my thing and then missionary and all that other stuff. Uh, but that's, that's really stuck with me as far as finding out those five things. The only way to find out those five things about a donor is to ask questions and listen. Yeah. They could really care less about your statistics and everything else. Yeah. 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 It, man, there, there's so, 
so many lessons in in these stories. But yeah, I mean the 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 question thing and uh, people people wanting to just you know talk forever is is so common. And, and like what you did in starting over is amazing. And, and I want to highlight as just an overarching. Uh, principle of every story that you've shared a couple things one never assume things about your donors which is one of my one of the things i always talk about and and it it applies to this because so many people would assume through all of these stories bad thing happened and this is where you get these rumors that everyone states as facts Mm -hmm. bob is upset because we didn't acknowledge his $1.3 million gift, so he's never going to give again. That's what people say. Yeah. That That's what I see all the time. And so, one, it's not true unless you have personally heard it from the benefactor themselves. And then, two, the other the other principle, which I've, I've stolen this from, for all of his craziness, he's got some wisdom, Grant Cardone, the, uh, the sales guy, he always says... There's never one thing you can do to blow a deal. It's only the things that you don't do. And so so all of these stories illustrate that as well. Like major screw-ups, like total catastrophes. But those things do not ruin the relationship. The thing that is going to cause the next gift from not coming is the things that you don't do. It's when you say, oh, the... They're upset, so there's not even a reason I should call. I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to ask for the visit. I'm not going to go see them. That's what leads to not getting the gift. And so don't assume. uh, And then just go out and say you're sorry and try again. And and keeping in mind, one of the things you began this with is like the type of people who give away a lot of money are very generous people usually. And a lot of times they're very forgiving. And so like, those are awesome. I love all those stories. And, and, and the key, and the key point to what you just said, I think is that those generous, those generous people, they're people. Yes. We know how to have relationships. We all have good relationships with people. We just need to treat everyone or donors specifically the same way we would treat other, everyone else. It makes it so much easier when you can have that kind of integrity that you you act the same no matter where you are, who you're with, or anything else. Um, it's very freeing. <laughs> I don't have to try to be someone else. Yeah. And and what I find is that often when we when when we start thinking they're never going to give again, when any whatever insert assumption here, that's almost always something to do with my own failing. My own shortfall, right. my own fear right. of rejection, or yep. you know, going to someone humbly and saying, "I made a mistake," yeah. and owning it. Uh, but the reality is, just like in good sales, like you're going to get a customer for life if you do that. Yeah. Uh, now, not all my stories are are are, are bad. <laughs> uh, uh, there was there was one donor that I met with, um, and again, this is when that. Same organization that had the 5,000 person deep. She was one of yeah. those. Uh, she was on the very low end though, but she was out in California um, where I was going to have a lot of visits already. So I thought, Hey, I'm going to give her a call and see if she'll meet with me. And yeah. man, I called her and she was like, 
Oh, you're coming out here? Really? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take you to lunch and then we can visit for a few hours. And I was like, that's, that is a first in my fundraising career. Yeah. <laughs> Someone is so excited to visit with me that I, I really don't even have to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to be out in California. And she's like, oh, let, I'll, when you come, I'll take you to lunch. I mean, in fact, while I've got you on the phone, let's schedule the next three visits as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so I met with her, and 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 her giving to the organization was was fairly low for for major gifts, right? Um, but she popped up because we did a wealth screen, right? Yeah. We did some prospect research, and it's like, hey, you know, there there might be something to this. And so I met with her, and to this day, we're still in contact. Um. She she's given lots of gifts to the organization. Um, and then when I left the organization, she asked if she could stay in touch. And I said, you know, if, if you want, uh, I'm not going to ask you for money from any of these other organizations because, you know, I met you via this organization. So ethically, I can't do that. She said, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I really liked spending time with you. And uh, before we before we before I left the organization, uh, she actually wanted to take my entire family out for dinner. And, and so again, ethical dilemma, right? Um, you know, personal benefit, what have you. And I thought, no, she, I mean, she was really insistent on this. Okay. Let her take us out for, 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 for dinner or lunch. So we had lunch with her and, and to this day, my kids call her grandma. Uh, and, and, and matter of fact, my, my, uh, my, my middle boy writes to her all the time. So they're pen pals. And that kind of intimate relationships, they can grow, uh, but we have to be very careful uh, about those um, because they, they, it's really easy to cross that, that boundary. Right. Um, But, uh, but she continues to give and has given her best gifts since I left the organization, you know, and, 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 and she has amazing capacity that most people would, would not even think existed. um, What have you. So, um, so I think just really the, 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 the key with that one, uh, with that particular visit and, and accumulation of several visits was just being a real person with her and, and sharing challenges and excitements and everything else. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. Um, so do you happen to have any, the there have been a couple that have been kind of funny, but is there there anything else particularly funny that's ever happened on a visit? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, uh, just fair warning. My I, my family just got home, so you might we might hear a dog barking, so we might have to redo this one. Um, but that's uh, okay. <laughs> the uh, uh, so I, I'm I'm on this visit. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm on the beach in California, and. <laughs> We, 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 do, do you, now when you say on the beach in California, do you literally mean like you're in the sand kind of thing or just like at a restaurant overlooking the water? Um, we, we, we were at a restaurant that went right up to the sand. Um, okay. I walked, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm on, I got a tie on, dress, I mean, I'm really dressed out, right? Uh, cause I was supposed to meet him at his house, which was overlooking you know, back a couple streets. And he said, well, Hey, let's go grab some lunch. And so I did. So we did. Right. And so here I'm walking literally through the sand in my dress shoes 
And, 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 you know, I mean, California, it's nice and everything, but with, you know, I'm a big guy, so I'm hot all the time anyways. So here I am just sweating like crazy. And that's the only thing I can think about. I'm like, man, this guy's going to see me like totally pitted out and everything. And I mean, this is just not good. And so we, we had lunch and then we got back on the beach and the whole time I didn't recognize like my tie. I think if I remember right, it was a, uh, uh, a yellow tie. I had spilled so much food on that tie. It was pathetic. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was, to give you, imagine this, uh, imagine two hot dogs and put them on your tie. That's how much food I had on my tie. <laughs> I was trying so hard to listen to him oh and I didn't care about it. And so here I am, we're walking on the beach and this, this homeless guy comes up and asks him for some money. And, and, and he looks at me and he goes, dude, you got a bunch of stuff on your tie. So I look down, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all this food. This salsa, this queso. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And I, I looked over at the, the donor and I said, Wow, you probably think I'm a real. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. And he said, Don't worry about it. You're fine. Um, and in the visit, he wanted to visit with me because he was talking, he, he was going to resign his position on the board. Well, I showed him that. Yes, we still need him <laughs> by, by, my, by my ignorance there. Um, but he gave me a check right then, too. And again, I didn't ask for it. Yeah. So this is, I mean, that's only happened a few times where someone has given me a check that I haven't asked for. Uh, so, again, I don't recommend it. Full disclosure. <laughs> Always ask. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come out. Um, uh, but, you know, and to this day, we're still friends, too. And, and basically, <laughs> he, we, 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 re, we recount that time on yeah. the beach <laughs> and, and, and the Mexican food. And he always brings up my tie. And, of course, it just gets worse. You know, like now it's on my shirt. Now it's on my jacket. I mean, the story just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he loves it. And from, from, from that story, from that wonderful experience, he has introduced me to other people to support the mission, too. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so for him, that story is a way to have fun, and and a way to kind of broach the topic in a really, um, uh, a really cool kind of chill atmosphere. Yeah, and yeah. invite people to to well, tell me more about this guy, Justin. I gotta yeah, yeah. know more about him. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man. Those it's the. Uh... Those California visits are uh, are tricky because, yeah, I mean, you can just wind up in, uh, you know, somewhere on the beach and just look like such a weirdo wearing your, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody else is just like wearing their swimsuit and their longboard. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, in, in, the, in, the, in the donut, the guy that I was meeting with, he had flip flops on, shorts and a T-shirt. And here yeah, I am yeah. completely... <laughs> You know, um, it, it, it was pretty funny. There was, uh, oh, man. okay. So, so one more, uh, also <laughs> California. So there's, I love fundraising in California cause it's, it, it, it's never a dull moment. And so yeah. I'll give you a preview from this, from this visit forward, 
I always made sure I brought not only one extra set of clothes, but at least two. <laughs> so I'm in the backyard uh, with the donor and their, and their family. And I'm getting to know them and everything else. And they got a fire going and there's palm trees. I mean, it, this beautiful home, absolutely yeah. I mean, just gorgeous. Um, and, you know, we're watching the sunset and we got the fire going and the, the sun finally sets. So it's just the fire. And so it's real dark. There's no lights on. It's just the fire. So it's super dark. There's no moon. And we're, we're talking and everything and having a good old time. And I, I take my leg and I, I cross my leg, my right leg or my left leg, kind of hanging out there a little bit. And my pants caught on fire. And these pants were, were, were probably made in China or something like that. Cause they like, they went when they caught, they caught and, and it, it burned all the way up to the top of my, my, uh, my knee. Um, oh my goodness. And it, I mean, I didn't get burned uh, that much. Yeah. Um, it was not bad at all, but it's just like, all right, can I, can I, can I make a better impression than this, please? <laughs> So, so anyway, oh goodness. yeah, it, it was, it was insane. Um, I mean, I, I, I so how, how, how did you get, how did you put the fire out? Did it just kind of self extinguish or, uh, no, um, did you pee your pants in fear and, uh, that doused almost, the flames? Almost, almost. <laughs> no, the one, one of the daughters was next to me and she had a blanket cause she was cold even with the fire. Um, and she just, <laughs> she saw, she, she saw, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't see it. I was talking to the donor. I was listening. And all of a sudden I hear this, oh my gosh. And you know, this blanket and she's like hitting my leg. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And then she said, you caught on fire. And I'm like, what do you mean? I caught on fire. I looked down and sure enough, you know, my pants from right above my knee down on the right side, completely gone. That is crazy. So and, wow. I, and I had another appointment after that. <laughs> so I called a guy and I said, "Hey, listen, can we have late drinks? Because yeah, can we just have late drinks? <laughs> I, I got to go buy some pants. I'll explain later." <laughs> so so yeah, so, so I did, and, and and you know, I usually had an extra shirt or something, but I never really worried about right. my pants. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I had to go out and, like you said, I had to go buy some pants. Because I still I still had a couple more days, and my the pants that I had worn before they were I was having them run through the dry cleaners at the at the hotel. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I gave up on the whole trying to pack really minimally. To yeah, no, we're gonna pack just in case. <laughs> that is awesome. That is the first uh, potentially life threatening experience I think I've. Uh, I've heard on the podcast. So man, that, that is crazy. I, it, it just, this, this is why fundraising is the greatest career because like every day is different. You never know what's going to happen. And, uh, and it's just so much fun. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, I, I get to meet amazing people. I get to hear their stories. I get to be I really, really become part of their family in many yeah. respects. Um, you know, go to ball games, that sort of thing. Uh, go golfing, 
Uh, I mean, just yeah. go to a rodeo. I mean, you name it. It's fun, and I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Well, any uh, final stories or final thoughts you'd like to share with everyone, Justin? You know, I think uh, I think the most important uh, – I say that, but there's lots of most important things. Um, right now, uh, what I've kind of been on a, on a kick on lately has been really focusing on creating an experience for the donor and as far as major gifts go. Donors don't want to just give their money. They might want to give up their time. They might want to do other things as well, but they need to have a good experience with the whole thing. So their gift has to be acknowledged in a timely fashion <laughs> or acknowledged period. Um, yeah, within a couple of years. Least. <laughs> yeah, they have to be thanked. Um, they, they, we need to give them the impact of their gift before we ask for another gift. Um, I mean, the, 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 the research shows that you need to have seven touches between gifts. Um, otherwise, they think you're asking too, too often. Uh, and too much. Um, but I think really focusing on creating that experience for the donor. Now for everyone, that's going to look different. It looks different for higher education, which I think probably has the easiest way to create that experience. Um, and then, you know, healthcare fundraising, which is where I am right now, religious fundraising, which is where I've been. Um, we all create that experience in some way, shape or form. I think that's the most important thing right now that major gift donors can really focus in on. Cause when you do that, you're focusing on the donor and not yourself, all the statistics, all the stats, everything else, you know, about your mission. Yes. Is it important? Sure. Do they kind of already know that? Probably. They want to be connected with the mission and they need to have an experience that, that models that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Justin, this has been an amazing episode. I love all the stories you've shared, and uh, man, you you'll uh, you'll definitely be one of the uh, repeat guests, I'm sure, if you'd ever like to come back, because I'm sure you got more stories. And uh, <laughs> look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me. This was a this was a blast. That was Justin Demoss. I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go connect with me, Kevin Fitzpatrick, on LinkedIn. I post things there basically every day. Really helpful stuff that will help you schedule more visits and close more gifts. Also, go check out my website, onevisitaway.com. So guys, if you're enjoying this episode, please share it with other development professionals share it on LinkedIn, Facebook, email, any means you can. Tell people about One Visit Away. It's helping a lot of people close gifts and schedule more visits. And so if you can go spread the word, I'd really appreciate it. And as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from catching your pants on fire or maybe, just maybe, closing a seven-figure gift after someone calls you Mickey Mouse. <laughs>